This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Emergency, emergency, emergency podcast. Welcome to On the Bench. I'm Josh Newberg. We got Chris Nee and Brendan Sinone here with me. Today, we celebrate. We call it an emergency podcast, but this is a celebration. Florida State landed a big commitment today from four-star quarterback Nico Markiel. Nico is a six-foot-two, 216-pound pro-style quarterback from Chandler, Arizona. He attends Hamilton High School, where he just wrapped up his junior season. Markiel chose Florida State after narrowing his list down to a top four that included Florida State, Florida, Arizona State, and Rutgers. Markiel's the ninth-ranked pro-style QB in the country and the 220th best prospect overall. So, Chris, welcome to the show. I'll throw it to you first. How did Markiel end up a Seminole? Well, it all began back in March, really. Actually, probably began even before then, but that's when FSU offered him. He was early identified by uh, Kenny Dillingham, who obviously recruits the Arizona area, does a lot of quarterback recruiting. And then Kenny does means that him and Mike Norvell are probably in sidestep one another doing the same thing. FSU built an excellent relationship with him, worked with him for several months, got him on campus here a couple weeks ago. That was obviously on Nico's own dime, and he has to show himself around because NCAA rules don't allow for coaches to be involved in those visits right now. But it was very important for FSU to get Nico and his family on campus, specifically his mother, to have a chance to see places he could go. He visited FSU along with UF on those trips. I think that kind of won him over on a program he already knew he liked a lot from all the information he had gathered. The offensive system that he's coming to play in, I think, was appealing to him. And he's a guy that they kind of sort of handpicked to be that guy. He's listed, as Josh said, 6'2", 216 on the site. I think he's actually about five pounds heavier than that, around 221 right now. According to his huddle, that's also what he's at. He's a pretty thick, big-bodied kid, good arm, good athlete, kind of guy that just fits what Mike Norvell wants. Another left-handed quarterback coming into FSU, second one in the last few years with Alex Hornibrook being the other one. Um, it just fit, you know, FSU we've seen under Mike Norvell in two years now, three cycles that they very quickly identify what they want at the quarterback position or fairly aggressive at going after. And I think Nico's another case of that. Hmm. Brendan, how do you see him fit into Mike Norvell's offense? In many ways, he's a prototypical Mike Norvell quarterback in, in the sense that what Norvell really values is accuracy and getting rid of the ball quickly and making the right decisions with the football. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a big part of his RPO game. You look at the success he had at Memphis. Uh, it was with quarterbacks who maybe didn't have the biggest arms, which I don't think Nico has the, the biggest arm in terms of, of zip and velocity, but guys who got the ball out quickly had good footwork and were able to execute the, the read part of the RPO game at a really high level. And that's what Nico does. He's, He's very decisive with the football. He's very accurate. There's some in in the scouting report that I'm posting. You'll see some throws he makes downfield. He just drops in a bucket beautifully. 
His footwork's really good. That's a big deal for Mike Norvell. So in that sense, he kind of fits what what Norvell and Kenny Dillingham have really liked and valued. Tate Rodermaker, Luke Altmaier, those are other quarterbacks from a similar cloth that that do those things well. I, I do think Nico has more upside than Tate Rodermaker because of his mobility. That's really good too. Again, doesn't have the biggest arm in the world in terms of being able to really like step into a throw and getting it, you know, making every single throw on the perimeter and stuff like that, but does a lot of things really well. And I think he fits what what the coaches want to do in, in order to like totally unlock the offense. That's why they've been in on him for so long, Josh. I went and looked at both sophomore and junior film on him. He had a better year as a sophomore. I think the mm-hmm. team he was on was better as a sophomore. So it was sort of a product of the surroundings. Um, definitely a better passing year as a sophomore, but there's some stuff on the junior film to really like. If you look at the huddled full-length junior film, the second play on it, the first throw on it, because the first play is a very long touchdown run. Second play is, I believe it's a touchdown pass on the seam. He nails it. It's awesome. There's others that he throws down the sideline that are into a bucket. One thing that I consistently saw that I liked is when he's rolling and throwing, he's pretty accurate, especially on the shorter stuff, which sometimes can be an issue for a guy getting a little seal heavy with those kind of balls. Oh, that, I like Chris, real, he, real quick, can I interject with that? Um, that's my one of my favorite traits with his is the ability the to throw on the run. Yep. Yeah. That, that's such a – the best quarterbacks in the NFL, like Aaron Rodgers, I'm not comparing him to Aaron Rodgers. I'm saying that's a trait that the best quarterbacks mm-hmm. do at an elite level is is you can can throw on the run and you run to throw, meaning you move the pocket to to not necessarily scramble first and, and run for a first down, but to enhance big play ability by expanding windows and, and letting your receivers get free. He does that really well. I think he's on the verge of 6,000 passing yards in the last three years. I think that's where he sits. I think it's like 5,600 ballpark. Um, as I said, junior campaign was so-so from a passing standpoint. I know the two games that he was on TV for, neither were a particularly impressive performance. So I know that will cause people some hesitation. I would say go look at the highlights of both sophomore and junior year and make a little bit more of a collective decision off of the entirety of it all. Um, there's some things like Sinone mentioned, the arm is not a, you know, it's not just a cannon where he's going to kill people vertically. I don't think it's a bad arm by any stretch, but it's not one of those arms that just blows your mind because the ability to throw it so vertically with ease. But I do like him a lot. I think he's a very talented kid. I think he's in a class where they're potentially going to take two quarterbacks. And we'll talk more about that a little bit later in this podcast. I think he's an excellent starting piece for them. And I think he's a guy that certainly can compete. And he's coming from, Another topic we'll talk about further in this podcast, Arizona, which has turned into quite a hotbed for quarterbacks. Obviously, FSU had recent success there with going and get Chubba Purdy a couple cycles ago. Yeah, let's talk about Florida State's other options at quarterback because we do know that they're going to take two. Um, Now that Nico's on board, he solidified one of those spots. And I'm looking at the quarterback offer list here on Knowles 24-7. FSU's offered a Baker's dozen so far. And this is a this is a odd time to be looking at these QB names and seeing none of them committed to other programs outside of, you know, Nico is the only quarterback offered by FSU that is committed anywhere. So that being said, um, there's only one, two, three, four, if you count Malik Murphy, five, who, you know, Malik Murphy's out of California, he was offered by uh, Willie Taggart staff, only Sam Horn, A.J. Duffy, Cade Klubnick, and Tanner Bailey rank higher than Nico Markiel on FSU's QB board um, of currently offered quarterbacks. So 
That's pro style though. MJ Morris is also there. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Um, what do you think FSU's looking for in a second quarterback? Well, I think it starts with MJ Morris. I think MJ Morris is probably the guy that they like the most of anybody they've offered at the position. He's number 73 in the country, number four dual threat. Atlanta Pace Academy kid, 6'1, buck 75. Excellent athlete, good arm, can do a ton of different stuff on the field. I think he's an excellent quarterback in addition to a guy like Nico if you're trying to up the ante in that room but I don't think they're they're stuck on it being a specific type as much as they want to be just a very talented high school type quarterback I think AJ Duffy is certainly a name to know he's originally from California he's coming to IMG Academy he's listed at 62203 right around 103 in the country so right around top 100 he's a pro style type Duffy's a kid that likes a lot of those west coast schools but FSU has certainly made a presence with him. He has been to FSU for a visit. And the fact he's moving to IMG probably only certainly helps FSU as it will be much closer down the road than it once was. Uh, Sam Horn's probably a name worth knowing, but I don't know that he's in the same category as the guys we've mentioned. I think guys that fall in that first tier, that first category, I think Taven Jackson is actually one to know. And he's, you know, I think he's a kid that FSU believes will end up being ranked a top 200 type kid. He's currently 434 in the country, but I think they believe he is a top quarterback. He's and he was offered just two weeks ago, correct? Yeah, he's out of Indiana, Center Grove, Greenwood, Indiana, Center Grove High School. He's 6'5", buck 85. He's the younger brother of Trace Jackson Davis, who plays basketball for Indiana University. He's an excellent athlete, tall kid, big arm, can do a lot of stuff, 6'5", 185. From what I understand from when FSU offered him and subsequent conversations about the position involving Nico's likely commitment that has now come to be, uh, Taven Jackson is certainly a guy that's been mentioned to me multiple times and that they certainly like and that can do a hell of a lot of things. So, you know, they've offered out of that Baker dozen of kids, they've offered, I think, 10 of the 13 right. with like a guy like Tevin Carter, Chad Jackson. Uh, well, actually, it's probably about nine because Holden's another one that was offered by the former staff. So they've got like eight, nine guys on the board that they certainly like. But I think tier one is A.J. Duffy, uh, M.J. Morris, Taven Jackson, and then I think a guy like Kate Klubnick would be, but we're kind of just saying that we expect him to go elsewhere because well, of ties to Texas. You, Tanner Bailey stopped by. You're not, you're not buying into that? I don't know if he's quite tier one. Like him, because the offer for him, I think he, Cade, and uh, Braden Davis, I think we're all kind of clumped together at the same time with offers. I think they're guys they like, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're quite guys that they love like some of the other names we've mentioned. Right. I talked to Sam Horn earlier this week, and we posted the story on Knowles 24-7. And I didn't – while they offered him, what, it was like right after Christmas, so about three weeks ago, four weeks ago now, um, Sam hasn't talked to Coach Dillingham since the offer, and I just don't – get the sense that he's a guy that's like a top priority like an mj morris but that being said i don't know if they're going to be ultimately in it for a guy like mj morris now that they've landed nico markiel um i'm i'm of the opinion that the that the second quarterback florida state signs is probably a guy that we do not like we're not talking about right now i think when it's all said and done um fsu probably gets that second quarterback maybe late summer or early fall type and um probably a guy that we haven't talked about right now although mj morris you know uh zach wrote a story on him this past week and i exchanged a couple dms with him 
And MJ Morris did tell me that as soon as base, his baseball schedule allows for it, he's going to get his parents to take him down to Tallahassee for a little visit to campus. So there is a good bit of interest there. I don't think that Nico's going to scare off an MJ Morris by any means. Um, I just think, you know, when it's all said and done, MJ's got, he's got some options. He's going to be one of the top quarterbacks in America, but um, this staff has also shown that they're not done offering quarterbacks. So Taven Jackson was offered recently. And like he said, um, Cade, Cade Klubnick, Sam Horn, and another, uh, a trio of offers went out as well back in December. So I think that this staff is still going to continue to evaluate quarterbacks and continue to offer quarterbacks. I don't think that these 13 are the only 13 that FSU is going to pick from. Another interesting dynamic with the 2022 quarterback class is going to be the domino effect. So often, you know, because of the elite 11 and spring visits, quarterbacks are such a known commodity. And obviously spring visits aren't really a thing this year. They may be after April 15th, but they're not going to be prior to that. And Elite 11, as far as I know, isn't really expected to happen this year as of right now. I don't know of it happening as of right now. Um, so it kind of – it's interesting because in most years, the quarterback dominoes, they go crazy in June. In June, July, you know, probably, what, 30 of the top 40 quarterbacks in the country come off the board roughly, I would guess, mm-hmm. which – being a number set 75%. I don't know if it will be that way this year. It may, you know, it may still have the impact of once a couple names go, everybody goes, but I'm not positive that it will. So I'm very interested to see because if kids have more patience in the process and wait until mm-hmm. the fall, say put it off till end of September, October, teams going to be able to play four to eight games before that showcase on things. That would be fantastic for FSU because offensively, one would hope FSU is a better offensive team next year, certainly a more productive passing team at the quarterback position than they were a year ago. That would be beneficial for FSU, but I don't know if it progresses that way. I don't know if there's patience in the process for other players to allow for that to be something they can showcase and use as a recruiting tool. Brandon? I forgot to before we we started talking about taking a second quarterback. I should have checked. Does will the numbers work out? Can we take a second? Twenty twenty two. You are so far ahead of of my level right now. I can't even crunch numbers for twenty twenty two. I'm just trying to make sure they have enough numbers for twenty twenty one and all the guys they want. Because you said on the last podcast mm. that they're getting thirty. <laughs> I did not say that. How okay, <laughs> but seriously, how does he fit into the QB room? Like, how does he fit with the other quarterbacks? Who does he complement? Who's he like? Do you compare him to anybody in that you room? You know, you know what's interesting about the quarterback room is that the extra year of eligibility that the NCAA gave to everyone basically makes Chubba Purdy and Tate Rotermaker freshmen again. So you know, Nico Markiel comes in with, he's basically just a, by the time he arrives, just a single class behind those two. So it'll be interesting to see how early Nico can legitimately vie for playing time. Because if Chubba Purdy makes strides that we're hopeful he can make, then in a year or so, like he would be entrenched as the starter. And that would make Nico's path to playing time maybe a little bit longer than we would anticipate. Obviously, Jordan Travis is a variable there as well, depending on how he develops. And and what uh, his availability is in terms of injuries and, and what FSU can get out of him in the next couple of years. So, you know, Nico compliments the quarterback room and that he elevates its floor, certainly not just even from a depth perspective, but from a talent perspective too. the aforementioned reasons why Chris and I 
both like him and, and why he's ranked as a four-star recruit. But, uh, but from a perspective of like, does he play early or how, how quickly does he push for playing time? I think a lot of that's going to depend on, on the guys that are currently there, Josh, uh, because, because this extra year made it to where the quarterbacks are so grouped together from a classification standpoint. Hmm. I think there's one last thing that we have to cover if we're talking about Nico Marchio and an important quarterback commitment early on in the 2022 cycle, and that's whether or not he's going to stick. I'm sure a lot of people listening are celebrating his commitment, but you know we're FSU fans and we've been through it the last couple of years, and it's a legitimate question. Do you think he sticks? Um, my opinion is I have no reason to believe that he won't stick but I do have concerns, mainly him being an out-of-state quarterback. Um, an out-of-state quarterback, it, any out-of-state top prospect is always hard to hold on to in crunch time because you just don't have access to him. Um, if, if a recruit is getting a major amount of interest late in the game, you want to get him to your campus, love on him, you know, show him that your family and what he committed to, remind him what he committed to. Well, when they go long stretches without coming to campus, sometimes these 17 and 18 year old kids can, can lose focus. And we've seen it. I mean, Sam Howell committed to Florida State very early, said all the right things throughout his commitment. But when push came to shove, he opted to stay close to home and go to UNC. Last year with Luke Altmeyer, he committed on February 2nd before the, you know, before the even the cycle prior to him ended. Luke Altmaier was solidly committed to Florida State, said all the right things, trust the process. When push came to shove, he decided to stay in state and go to Ole Miss. Nico Markiel, he's committed to Florida State. Like I said, I got no reason to believe it. But hey, what happens in November and December when push comes to shove and Herm Edwards just had a great year and he wants him? I mean, we've seen what happened in the past, so maybe it's different this year because maybe Florida State puts on a better product on the field. But, Chris, are my concerns legitimate? Yeah, Mr. Rain on a sunny day. Um, Arizona State was one of, his, one of his four finalists. It was FSU, Florida, Rutgers, Arizona State. So it is worth mentioning Arizona State, certainly in the same breath. Arizona is obviously going through a transition with hiring Jed Fish here recently. So who knows how they'll figure out their 2022 board. I don't know if they're even there yet. I think they're trying to patch up 21. So it's tough mm -hmm. to forecast anything for them. But, yeah, I mean, it, it comes with the territory. But FSU is not going to stop recruiting the position either. Um, you know, one thing I feel confident and safe about with Mike Norvell and his staff is that they don't really get caught with their pants now. And that's been true at quarterback. I mean, obviously they didn't want to lose Luke Altmaier, mm -hmm. but men, they have, did. have you they, ever been caught with your pants down, Chris? I hope not. Um, yeah. I just, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, who knows? I can't forecast what's going to happen in nine, 10, 11 months from now. That's insane to think about. And God, mm -hmm. who knows what the hell is going to happen, but you know, FSU could be good on the field and kids will love it and buy into it, or they could be, dreadful on the field and it's going to be tough for them to keep anybody you know there's so many factors to it do i think nico's committing with having made a decision where he did a lot of investigation made sure it's right now and all that yes i think he did that i don't think he jumped into this because of one visit out of the blue that he liked i think he showed up to fsu confident fsu was a place for him and he left here knowing it was a place for him 
Okay. Yeah. And I think Florida State is in control of this. I mean, hey, if they go out and they win six or seven games, I think that's enough to keep Nico engaged and keep him excited about what's happening at Florida State. <laughs> if they go out and they win three or four games, it's going to hard. It's going to be hard to keep any top recruit in any season. So um, regardless of what happens with Nico, Florida State is still in control as long as they can go out and put a good product on the field. Um, any any closing remarks you got on on Nico, Brendan, or anything you want to say? Open it up to either of you. Well, I, I think one thing worth pointing out is that it's good for FSU to have a quarterback in the 2022 class because recruits like to know who am I coming in with, who am I playing alongside, and they don't think of, oh, I might play with Purdy or somebody else in that quarterback room down the road because Milton will be moving on after this coming season. They're thinking about, I'm coming in with this guy in my class. He's going to be my quarterback. That's appealing. So I think it helps with offensive skill, potentially offensive linemen. I'm interested to see how active Nico is as a recruiter. I get the feeling he's fairly personable. I definitely notice in following him on social media that he involves himself with a lot of other guys and seems like he's one of those type of recruits that deals with a lot of other recruits just in the sense of, well, we're all being recruited at a high level, so we have something in common. So that could be a positive factor. I'm interested to see if that plays out. It would be obviously beneficial for FSU if he's bell cow type. I don't want to label there it him. Is. As That's such. what everybody wants to know, Chris. That's what the fans want to know. Is this our bell cow? Who, when, was the last, when was the last time they signed their bell cow quarterback? Oh, bell cow quarterback? Someone that was a bell cow throughout the recruiting process. I was going to say probably Amari Gaynor. Recruiting process. Pro, I was, non-QB, oh, um, I would say Amari Gainer. No, but at quarterbacks, that's Yeah, a, oh, quarterback. Yeah, that's a have. tough one, uh, yeah. Alt, Altmeyer, I was told that that there was even before he flipped, there was frustration that like he wasn't. I was really recruiting heavily. They were very. Okay. They were. I was told directly that um, there was people inside the Moore Center that felt that he did more recruiting for Ole Miss in two weeks than he did for Florida wow. State in nine months. Wow. Was, wow. Let that sink in. Uh, so then the year before that, Jeff Sims obviously doesn't sign with right. Florida State. They, those are late additions with Sam Purdy. Howell the year before that. Yep. Uh, then the year. So who's the year before that? Jeff was good for FSU when Jeff was very committed to FSU. Right. Yes, he was. They just didn't sign him, obviously. But yeah, he was. He took that. So wait, remember who they was before Sam Howell. <sighs> they didn't have Not any quarterbacks. James. They didn't well, have any quarterbacks that year because it was Willie's transition years. So they didn't sign him. That was the Michael no, that Penix. Was, oh yeah, yeah. That, that's right. They that would have been a 2018 class, 2017 class. Who was, was the James quarterback? Blackman. No. No. Yeah. Was, Blackman and Bailey Hawkman, right? Okay. Yeah, you're right. And those guys weren't really like so it's yeah. it's been a while since you since they've had a guy. <laughs> they haven't in, had a bell cow since like Malik Henry was doing a pretty good job of it before oh God. before really <laughs> season started. Oh, hey, just but, let it go. Hey, just let it go. Before that, it was DeAndre Francois. He wasn't a bell cow by any means. You know, DeAndre was very quiet. Um they haven't had a bell cow QB in years. That's JJ Cosentino. That's the one. EJ Manuel is the trendsetter, though. That dude was money when it yeah. came. He recruited his backside off of. I whenever the fan base bangs on EJ Manuel, I wish they understood how aggressively he recruited kids, both in his class and subsequent classes. He worked really hard to help FSU turn around in the sense of trying to get an attractive place for other guys to come play. I know his results on the field had some bad nights. I get all that. But he he's a guy that played a big role in a lot of positives that came to FSU in years when he was here and following. 
Mm. I, I got love for EJ. That's all I'm going to say. I made out with a girl who made out with EJ Manuel. Whoa, 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 whoa. I think that's the end point. I think we have found <laughs> yep, and on that, Stick in the landing. I wanted to let <laughs> This you is guys what happens when you give a man a dry on. I wanted to let you guys know that um, because Brendan's a sicko, we got a 60% off deal on Knowles 24-7 right now. It's under $4 if you join for the entire month. That's a cup of coffee for a month of Knowles 24-7. If you're listening to this podcast and you're not on the site, what are you doing? Go sign up now, upper right-hand corner. It'll take you there. If you have any issues, call Brendan's home number. Um, <laughs> I'll put it out on Twitter later today. All right. Yeah, yeah, I'm full. Thanks for listening. We are on the bench. We'll be back to our regular scheduled program this week. Thank you. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.